Next on BYU Sports Nation, where did it all go wrong in Santiago? We're on Cougar Watch with BYU football. Was Saturday's loss against the Aztecs the worst loss of the season? Plus, BYU basketball wins six of the first nine games without Yoli Childs. Was it more thrive or survive without him? Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Monday, December 2nd, wherever and however you're connected, Great to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with Cyber Monday deals specialist, Jerem Jordan. Cyber feels like an old word for something digital, right? Like, like in 95, that would have been a word that yeah. rang true. In 20, almost 20, it feels kind of antiquated. It's great to have you with us on the cyber web on the, BYU Sports Nation. On the, on the World Wide Web. You can go to our website at <laughs> www.byutv.org. Uh, backslash, or is it forward? Like, I can't. I can't. Remember. I don't know. There are still people that say, say WWW. Yeah, I'm like, you don't have to do that anymore. Uh, what? You don't have to do that anymore. That's uh, with the America H-T-T-P Online generation. HTTP colon uh, <laughs> forward back, slash forward slash, or is it backslash? <laughs> w. Anyway, <laughs> while we try and figure that out. No, we've figured it out. Today's show lineup: Trevor Maddich on how he would approach. The BYU quarterback situation, Zach Wilson versus Baylor Romney after the Cougars lose at San Diego State and finish at 7-5. and five. BYU women's volleyball coach Heather Olmstead on the Cougars' number 14 overall national seating. And what did BYU football accomplish for the first time since 1994? Here are your Cyber Monday BYU Sports Nation headlines. Well, BYU football didn't accomplish much in a loss at San Diego State, 13-3 to on Saturday night. Yeah. In spite of the Cougars' defense surrendering just 269 total yards, that was a season best. Nice. BYU scored three points with 416 total yards. Huh? Head coach Kalani Satake was not happy about it. It's hard to, to win games when you only score three points. It's It's... It's really difficult, but it's even harder when you when you have so much, so many yards and so many first downs to look at, you know. And, and this is a frustrating game, and uh, we, I'm, I'm really upset about it. And um, but you know, committed to working through it and then finding a way to, so that this doesn't show up again. BYU concludes the 2019 season at seven and five. They'll play in the SoFi Hawaii Bowl. On Christmas Eve, it's probably going to be against Hawaii. But who knows? Chaos could ensue this week. Let's hope it's not. I'm just bored with that. We saw that last year. That was a boring game. Cougars in the NFL update. Fred Warner led the Niners with eight tackles and two pass breakups in a 2017 loss to the Ravens. Oh, no, the Niners lost. That's terrible. And Jamal Williams had 10 carries for 41 yards, four catches for 26 yards in a Packers 31-13 victory over the Gigantes. Let's go, Pack! Let's go, Pack. I love that he leads that chair wherever he is. Yoli Childs is back, Jerem. Yay. Also, BYU men's basketball dominates Montana Tech 98-63. Oh, yeah. Jake Toulson led the Cougars with 17 points. TJ Haas scored 15 points. He had six assists in that win. Bracketologist Joe Lenardi currently has the Cougars as the seventh team out in his latest rundown. Okay. Game number one for the Cougars with Yoli at Utah this Wednesday 
8 Eastern. BYU is one of the few teams in the country that have already played nine games. You think that's a, a, a coincidence or no? Nope. Uh, I don't think so either. Women's volleyball team is the number 14 overall seed in the NCAA tournament and will host the first and second rounds in Provo this weekend. Cougars host New Mexico State Friday night at 9 Eastern. Winner of that match plays the winner of Utah and Illinois Saturday night. So potentially a BYU-Utah matchup again in the NCAA tournament. We've seen this recently. Speaking of the NCAA tournament, BYU women's soccer loses 5-1 to one against uh. number one ranked Stanford in the Elite Eight. Certainly a disappointing finish after such an unforgettable season. First loss and only loss. Stanford outshot BYU 20-4 in the first half. And the Cougars' longest win streak in history is ended. They finish the season in 23 matches with 21 wins, one loss, one tie. What a season. I mean, real bummer of a way to go out, but we're going to remember that this, this season was incredible. More on that later. Yeah, I talked to Tom Homo in San Diego, and he said... I've watched a lot of soccer, and that's the best soccer team I've ever seen at the collegiate level. Ooh, so Even better in 2012? Yeah. Okay. It was a worse matchup than the 2012 Elite Eight against North Carolina. Sorry. That Stanford is the best oh, soccer Stanford team Stanford is. Oh, okay. ever seen. Gotcha. Ever there. seen in person. Yeah. They might as well be the United States Junior National Team. <laughs> they have several future members, probably. <laughs> All rise and chef. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation. What happened in San Diego? BYU's defense plays dynamite. Yeah, they give up 13 points and a disappointing touchdown right before halftime, but only 269 total yards for San Diego State. BYU's offense throws 53 passes and have over 400 yards and manage three points. What happened, Jerem? Well, you, you said it. Topic two. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, San Diego State's defense was as advertised. They were top 10 in uh, rush defense, points, and total yards, right? 269 yards is a season low allowed for BYU's defense. And 13 points is the second lowest allowed. So I pinned this one on the BYU offense a little bit. Yes, the defense could have forced a turnover, but San Diego State uh, had three takeaways. Didn't score off any of those takeaways, so it wasn't like those cost BYU big. Certainly they ended those drives. But you mentioned it. BYU gained over 400 yards, 416 yards, three points, which brings us to a dumb stat of the day. (laughs) It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Since the year of our Lord 2000, four teams have gained 400 or more yards in a game and scored three or fewer points. That's in FBS. Uh, BYU at San Diego State, one of them. Uh, BYU versus UNLV in 02 was one of them. BYU's done it twice out of the four times? In, uh, I guess, 20 seasons now, right? So thanks to Jake Edmonds for that stat, by the way. Uh, inefficiency in the red zone cost BYU as well. There were three trips for BYU. BYU had three points. Not okay. Field goal kicking, huge issue right now, BYU. Uh, has missed eight of the last 13. So no bueno. Five of 13, and that's after BYU missed one field goal in first 11. First 11. <laughs> and then nickname gate happened, and things fell apart. Oh, it's all nickname's fault, right? No. What happened there? Yeah, missed field goals. BYU did turn the ball over and didn't create a turnover, but I'm not so much worried about the defense not creating a turnover because you knew San Diego State was going to be ultra conservative with their New quarterback, Carson like, Baker. As the honor code is, San Diego State's defense or offense is, right? Does that make sense? And give the kid credit. He made some plays. He made some throws. Cre- credit given. They didn't ask him to do a ton. Yeah. So, I'm not again, I'm not concerned that BYU didn't create a turnover because you knew it was going to be conservative. It was more red zone inefficiency for BYU. Yep. You got to score a touchdown on the first drive. 
Yeah, pu- punch it in. Let's go. Punch it in. Punch nope. it in once. Seven nothing. Can you punch it in once? And can you make some field goals? Two of those field goals were easy. No, they're, they're, no, we're not asking about a 55-yarder, although BYU did try to line up for a 52-yarder and then had a delay of game and had to punt. Now, what's amazing is even if Skyler Southamont won for two in his first two field goals, it's 13-6 to six and BYU is driving to potentially tie the game late. Oh, yeah, and they yeah. get into the red zone again, but you got to score twice because you're down 13-3. But you don't even have an opportunity because you miss another field goal, so you can't even attempt an onside kick. So San Diego State, and then you look back at uh, you know South Florida, BYU gets into the red zone and, and unable to punch it in. I thought BYU had improved in this regard, but yeah, this is a frustrating one. L- listen, San Diego State's good, but BYU was way better than what they showed. Yes. Right? You are what you do, though, and that's a disappointing finish to the regular season. Snaps the five-game win streak. BYU hadn't lost to San Diego State in uh, six straight games, right? There was a nice winning streak there as well. We thought some magic was going to happen in that particular end zone where the Holiday Bulls had yielded so much, uh, so many incredible plays, but alas, it did not happen. You're minus three in the turnover battle. You missed two very short field goals. And, by the way, San Diego State special teams were outstanding. Their punter really affected the average starting field position for BYU late in the game. And so, yeah, what happened? Special teams, uh, miscues for BYU and turnovers. Yeah, not enough offense to me. Yeah. Topic two, was Saturday's loss at San Diego State the worst loss of the five this season? No, and it's not close. The worst loss that BYU had came against South Florida. Amen. They just fired their coach. Charlie Strong's out in Tampa, 4-8. and eight. Like, that, that One of the four was loss, BYU. That loss Oops. implemented like drastic change for BYU. So we kind of felt like, well, at least some good came out of it because BYU really moved things around and then won five games in a row. But that was the rock bottom for BYU this season. Yeah. BYU beat Tennessee and USC and lost to 4-8 and eight USF. Woof. They are terrible. That, it's not close. USF's the worst loss on the season. Yeah, I agree with you. Um I think San Diego State is right up there with most disappointing, though. Most frustrating, I, for sure. I would say that Utah is the most disappointing loss, but um, San Diego State is pretty frustrating and disappointing, given how BYU had played. Now, we, I want to look back at that win streak and go, now, wait a minute, BYU's probably supposed to win four of those five. Utah State's a win. That's the team that's not actually that good when the dust settles. And obviously, Idaho State and Liberty and UMass are three wins no matter what. Like, this isn't 2017 BYU epically bad. This is a this is a decent to good BYU football team that we thought could finish with nine wins, and we'd go, wow, look at this. Wow. Eight wins would be solid. Take a step forward. And we'll evaluate this this week of... Did BYU take a step forward? Well, we'll ask ESPN's Trevor Maddich as well. But this is a disappointing one. You can't score three points. I don't, I don't care that San Diego State's top ten defense. Granted, those are skewed somewhat because they haven't played anybody that good. In the end, Rocky Long says that BYU is the best team that they played all year. BYU is 7-5. and five. They didn't play anybody, right? So BYU should have scored more than three points. BYU should have scored 17 or 23 in this and won by a score and a half, right? It, and and we'd be sitting here going, hey, eight and four, chance for nine, let's go. Instead, it's like, oh, what happened? I'm wearing the black sports shirt on a Monday, which means we lost. Not awesome. It was such a frustrating loss. Over 400 yards of total offense. 400 yards, three points? That cannot yeah. happen. And we talked about it. I mean, since in 20 years of football, that's happened four times in FPS. And BYU said it twice. One for three on field goals. 
chip shots. Doink. What ha- like what happened there? What happened to Jake Oldroyd? What happened to Skyler Southam? Skyler Southam was a high school All American. Four star recruit. Do we, do we need to stop recruiting high school All Americans? Mm. BYU's not had luck with um, some of those guys recently. It's, it's been a really weird deal. I don't, I don't know what that is. By the way, we'll get to this coming up uh, in tracking Cougar opponents. Boise State finishes the season eleven and one, and its one loss is to your Brigham Young Cougars. Are you kidding me? They'd be the highest ranked Group of Five team. If I'm Boise State this morning, I am ticked. That we, Boise State, lost to BYU? Are you kidding me? BYU still has two <laughs> wins victory. against currently ranked teams. How about that? And how, lost to USF, okay, Jerem. How does that happen? How does that happen? It's an abomination. I'm glad that BYU had those wins. <laughs> Was the cost those losses? I don't feel like... It is necessarily like Boise State. That was a win that was oh. born from the difficulty against Toledo and South Florida. Not the San Diego State loss. Oh. There's no excuse for the San Diego State loss. Yeah, I, no, nothing. Just really I got frustrating. Nothing. Frustrating for Kalani Satake. You heard it in his voice just a few minutes ago. Yeah. Okay, on to happier things, Jerem. Mm. Yoli Childs is back. Oh yeah. And BYU basketball is bubbly. Having played nine games without their best player. I'm so happy. Six and three, including wins at Houston against UCLA, against Virginia Tech. They finished third in the Maui Invitational. They just crushed Montana Tech like they should. Jerem, did BYU basketball thrive more or survive more in the nine games without Yoli Childs? Oh, it's thrive. Six and three is thrive, baby. You win uh, three, you know, two thirds of those. Awesome. Ken Palm number sixty right now, hoping that BYU can slide in the top forty at some point. Seven out in Lenardi's. The three losses are somewhat understandable, as you mentioned to me a moment ago during the break. San Diego State's eight and zero, so that is an understandable loss at home. Granted, BYU was up nine in that game at home. You kind of want to win those games. Uh, the Kansas loss, totally understandable. Top five team, come on. Um, Boise State's a frustrating loss, but you got the Houston win on a nice, lucky, skilled, whatever you want to call it, bounce. I think BYU overachieved in the first nine. I, I think this is fantastic. BYU's got a shot at an at-large should they not win the West yeah. Coast Conference Championship. I am thrilled with the way BYU has played, what they've figured out. Especially uh, punctuated by Maui, you add in Houston, and I think BYU's in a great spot. I do want to give Yoli a couple games to get it going, though, and it, and he doesn't have a lot of time to figure it out, right? It's at Utah, it's UNLV neutral up in Salt Lake. BYU might as well just stand Salt Lake all week. Just kidding, it's like forty five minute drive. I'm excited. I, I'm thrilled at what has happened with BYU hoops. This is a good coaching job by Mark Pope and the guys. Yeah, BYU thrived, and if you had to have one loss to either Boise State or Houston. You'd take the Boise State one just because the road win matters more to Amen. the resume. Amen. Preach. Okay. So, yes, it, it stinks to lose to Boise State. Like, BYU. We got the football win. We're good. 10 chances We're good. We got to win football. that game, and they could have finished 7 and 2. Take 6 and 3 <laughs> and run all the way to the bank with that, baby. 6 and 3 or is. Or credit union. Thriving. You may get a higher interest rate. This is an incredible accomplishment. BYU has one of the most efficient offenses in the country without their best player. Ken Palm, 26. It's amazing. Okay. That is an amazing accomplishment. BYU is in the conversation. If they can beat Utah and UNLV and go 8-3 and three this week. And, and neither of those teams are highly ranked. No. 124 and 158 in Ken Palm. Still, a road win done. against the Utes is always a big deal because BYU hasn't won up there in a while. Beating Utah is always a big deal. Women's hoops, football, blah, blah, blah. Get it done. Win in Salt Lake City. 
Take care of UNLV Rebels. Why, why would why? There won't why, be many of those chances on Saturday. I'm feeling great. Then you did that. <laughs> Might as well throw it in. W-Y-O! <laughs> Do you miss those old Mountain West Conference foes chants? Yes, like like I miss a cleaning check in my BYU apartment. Yeah, well, I, I heard a few other chants on uh, Saturday night after the not, San Diego Not State safe for loss. work? <laughs> one of them's not safe for work, but the other one was BYU. Like, come on, man. Tyler Huntley loves that one. (laughs) The worst. Oh, no, let's keep keep it positive. BYU basketball thriving, Jerem. In fact, I'm so sad I didn't get to do this. Oh, oh. It's going on, baby. The tourney hat's going on. The tourney train hat is on. Wow. That thing thing is dusty. For the first time since 2015, I am donning on the show the tourney train hat. wait. You never wore it early in 16, 17, or 18? Not 17, no? 18, no. Did we pull the record? I, I feel like I'm, that happened. I'm telling time. you, it did not happen. Like, I wore it in 15. It is not, I have not worn it on this program since, uh, in almost four years. That's crazy. Two sets of male missionaries have come back and yes. not seen BYU in the tourney. It's time that this set of return missionaries see it. Stay safe out there. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just shocked that BYU's return missionaries that are 25 with, like, four kids didn't beat San Diego State. I thought that was a huge advantage. So weird. Turn the train hats on. <laughs> we are thriving. BYU basketball is thriving. Six and three without Yoli Childs beat the Utes. Our question of the day about BYU football, unfortunately. <laughs> what is your reaction? Do you to go back to that? I know. What is your reaction to BYU losing at San Diego State on Saturday? Memes, gifts, acceptable. Time to hear from UBY Sports Nation. Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At TX Colonel on Twitter says, It's worse than leaving for Thanksgiving vacation all caught up and coming back to 500 plus unread emails. 500 plus? Yeah. Wow, you got to unsubscribe from all, uh, uh-huh. all those newsletters, man. Uh-huh. Let's go. And he says, P.S., ever since Oldroyd declined the nickname Jake the Make, our kicking game has struggled with negative karma. Now, that was on a Between the Lines segment. Yeah. Do we give any blame to Between the Lines Maybe. whatsoever? Or is it all on Jacob? I don't know. I, the will I, of blame there is very interesting. Yes, I think Jake can be a great kicker. We've seen it. I'm just so surprised that it turned so fast. Cam Dubbing it officially now. He's Jake the Make again. Like, like He's Jake the Make. Like, You're kind of trying to reverse yeah, no, that? Yes, I'm reversing it. Will he get a shot to kick? I, don't, I hope. Question. I hope. But if he does, then he'll be Jake to make when he takes the field. So he's Jake to make now. It's done. It's over. Does BYU have a third string kicker? Uh, <laughs> continue to weigh in on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. <laughs> oh, it's us? Uh-oh, we're in trouble. Coming up, the champ is here. It's me. Going for two picks from Saturday. This probably didn't work out well. I'm just guessing. But uh, let's check out the consolation bracket. And so great that we get to bring that up again. Yeah, turn your train. What? Also, ESPN's Trevor Mattis joins the program. Is there a quarterback controversy happening at BYU? Oh, get out of here. And if so, how would he approach it? This is BYU Sports Nation. Stirring the pot. What is this, cougar board? Stirring the pot? BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. The season finale of After Further Review is on BYU TV tomorrow on the app at 7 Eastern for Pacific as Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, and David Nixon break down the X's and O's of the San Diego State game. And there's a lot to break down emotionally and physically. It's one of those Mondays, isn't it? 
Jerem's got his sports sweatshirt on. It means BYU lost. But we're still live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. Alongside Jerem Jordan, I am Spencer Linton. We are happy to welcome in friend of the program, the man who is responsible for Maddich Mondays on BYU Sports Nation, ESPN college football insider, expert, and analyst, and national champion Trevor Maddich. Trevor, welcome to the show. What in the world happened against San Diego State for BYU? You know, I think the defense showed up for the game, and the offense was still at the beach. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the offense had a lot of yards. I was surprised they moved the ball as well as they did, but they missed a lot of opportunities, a lot of opportunities. And I mean, you just look at the second half, right, crunch time. They, they go into halftime down 7-3. to three. They had five drives in the second half, two turnovers, two missed field goals, one punt. Mm. And that was the story of the game. There was a lot to break down this, too. Defensively, BYU gave up 269 yards. That was a season low. Um, It was a freshman quarterback on the other side in Carson Baker who played well enough to get the win, 13 points allowed, no turnovers. Was it more on the offense or the defense in this loss, Trevor? No, the defense was terrific. I mean, the defense was really terrific. The fact that they got no turnovers is more... I think a function of San Diego State knowing that their young quarterback needed to play it close to the vest. The worst thing that the Aztecs could have done is given BYU a short field, given that the strength of their team is the defense, and that's how they would win the game. So I don't blame BYU's defense for no turnovers on that. I'm sure that they see it differently, but from my perspective, you know, they, they played well enough to win without question. The thing, And also, we talk about the defense, there were – Three turnovers by the Cougars overall and a turnover on downs about midfield. And you know how many points San Diego State scored off of those four opportunities? Zero, right? Zero points. So the Redskins, or excuse me, the Redskins, the Cougars defense did a really good job on, uh, on, on that. It was, it was the offense not able to capitalize on opportunities, and they weren't able to turn yards into points. It's another Maddich Monday. BYU finishes the regular season with seven wins and five losses. But was that most recent loss, Trevor, the worst loss of the bunch this season? Oh, no. Heavens, no. San Diego State's a really good team. I mean, they, they finished the regular season now 9-3, and three, including this win. And they have one of the best defenses in the country. Just flat out one of the best. I actually love watching Rocky Long's defenses just because of the, the, the things that they do that are risky but just pedal to the metal. It's fun to watch. And BYU defense, at their best, do some things that are just as fun to watch. And so, you know, losing to San Diego State at their place is not a bad loss at all. To me, the the two losses that the Cougars wish they had back were Toledo and USF. But that was after that first stretch of playing Power 5 teams. No other team in the country opened the season with four Power 5 opponents in a row. BYU did, and they won two of those in overtime, for goodness sake. Then came Toledo and USF, and I think they were trying to recover a little bit. And those are the two losses that you could say were inexplicable, especially USF, because they just fired their coach. So, no, this loss to San Diego State will not feel good to BYU. The players, the coaches will think that they, they lost the opportunities to win it. But I think as you look at it, they lost to a very good team that had an outstanding season at their place. Let's talk about Zach Wilson. He's uh, had a couple of games coming off of that broken thumb. How would you assess his play the last few games and against San Diego State? 
You know, I think the best way to evaluate him is against San Diego State because coming back from the thumb injury, he was just working his way back into a rhythm. And you saw his potential against San Diego State. He made some great throws. And not only that, I think the BYU coaching staff on offense decided that they weren't going to be able to run the ball all that well, and they were right. The running game really didn't go anywhere. matter of fact, Zach Wilson was the lead rusher. But So they put it on his arm, and he came through that way. I mean, you know, 53 pass attempts, he threw for 316 yards, uh, but those two interceptions were, were just not good. I mean, the one at the end of the first quarter was one of those missed opportunities because it looked like he had a, you know, his receiver open, wide open, not open, I'm sorry, I take it back. He was covered, but it was a mismatch in favor of BYU. And so the ball was thrown up in the air. The problem was Wilson didn't take into account the free safety playing center field who came over and picked that thing off. You know, and then there was another play that wasn't an interception, but Gunnar Romney, the receiver, again, on the right sideline, a vertical route, had to turn into a defensive back to knock it away. The defender was on the inside of Romney. That ball needed to go either back shoulder at the sideline or it needed to go over the top into the alley next to the sideline. Instead, it was thrown way too far inside. And so, you know, those are opportunities that, that they missed and, or that they presented to the opposing team. And so Wilson, Wilson has done some very, very good things. You can also see that he's got a lot of room to improve. And in some ways, that's a little scary for opponents because as well as he's played, he's not anywhere near his potential. ESPN's Trevor Maddich with us on BYU Sports Nation. As we mentioned previously, Trevor, BYU finishes the season at 7-5. and five. When you compare last season and this season with the bowl game yet to play, do you think BYU improved? I think, yeah, I think they did. I really do. And I think there are two things especially that indicate that. One is the two wins in overtime against Tennessee and USC. Uh, that 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 is a, a pivot point, I think, in Kalani Sataki's tenure here, and gives real belief to what he and his coaching staff are asking the players to do. That that was phenomenal. The second thing is they now have a roster of of young quarterbacks that look to elevate that position beyond what it's been in recent years. And Zach Wilson will have competition to keep that job going forward because Jaron Hall and Baylor Romney have shown that they're, they're quality quarterbacks as well. And that competition will make everybody better. And I think because of those two things alone, this team has taken a step forward this year. BYU uh, preparing for the Hawaii Bowl against a team from the Mountain West or the American Athletic Conference. Do you have a team you would love to see BYU play in that bowl game, Trevor? You know, Hawaii would be the team I'd like to see. Just because it's an old rivalry, it's more likely to put people in the stands, and it'll be fun. That Hawaii offense, when it's clicking, is, is a thing to behold, and it'll require BYU to go back to the old days of the Holiday Bowl where they've got to put up points to win the game. So I think Hawaii would be a fun team. I think it'll be an American conference team, if not Hawaii. Um, and Hawaii would have to beat Boise State. Uh, in order to not play in that game. But if it's an, the, the American has a bunch of good teams at the top, and that could be an interesting matchup as well. It could even be Navy. Who knows? Navy playing in the shadow of Pearl Harbor would be kind of awesome too. So, you know, but overall I think Hawaii would be the most traditionally fun game for BYU. Trevor, any time a quarterback struggles at BYU, shocker, 
fans start to wonder, is it time for a guy like Baylor Romney to step in? And maybe Zach Wilson's thumb isn't 100%. What would you do in the quarterback situation for the bowl game moving forward? Well, I'd throw it open to competition. And I'd say whoever practiced better would be the guy that would start. And then I would let the other guys play a little bit if it's possible, depending on what the score is. But the reason I would do that is no disrespect to Zach Wilson. I think Zach Wilson has really shown a lot. He's done well. He's won a lot of games, and he's shown tremendous potential. But I think the position to elevate to the next level needs to be more throw on time to a spot and less see a guy and be a baller and drill the ball in there. And I'm not pointing a finger at Zach Wilson there. I'm just saying that all three of them, that's how to elevate the position. And I think there's a a culture establishment piece in bowl practice where, you know, you're trying to get the young guys ready to go, but you're also furthering the competition that you want to be the, the foundation of all of your practices. And I think if you put it open to competition that way, I think what you've got is a scenario where, where all three quarterbacks know that they have a chance, not just for this bowl game, but for next year. And that's important because the uh, a quarterback competition, not controversy, competition tells the rest of the team that there's, a, there's the opportunity to play your position too if you win the job in practice. So that's nothing to do with anti-Zach Wilson. I love Zach Wilson as a player. He's a good kid. And I think, though, for the, for the team, this team will be at its best when it's got two or three deep at every position that have the ability to start and win like they have at quarterback right now. And that competition will elevate everybody. And that really is a matter of recruiting. It's a matter of culture. And they've got it right now at quarterback. And I would suggest that it's that way at Clemson. You know, Davo Sweeney is putting together, or has put together, an elite culture. But all the All-American starters that came back from last season's national championship knew from the get-go that they had to earn their starting job every day in practice, and it didn't matter what you did before. It's one of the reasons that they get the most out of their talent, and that's, that's the trajectory that BYU needs to be on. Trevor, great stuff. We always appreciate the conversation and look forward to a very exciting championship week, even though BYU's not playing. Uh, yep, it'll be. There's a lot of drama ready to go and a lot of potential chaos in the playoff. <laughs> Trevor Matichino's drama. Thanks so much. Thanks, guys. Trevor Maddich on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. Coming up, women's volleyball coach Heather Olmstead discusses the Cougars' seeding, hosting, and matchup in, in the NCAA tournament this weekend. And what did BYU football accomplish for the first time since 1994? Details in tracking Cougar foes next. This is BYU Sports Nation. Listen to BYU Sports Nation On Demand on iTunes. Tune in to Google Play and enjoy On Demand. And subscribe, rate, and review. Let's keep it rolling, BYU Sports Nation, with a loaded edition of the Cougar Whip Around. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around football. Brigham lost to San Diego State 13-3 Saturday night in Don't Call Me Jack Murphy Stadium. BYU held the Aztecs to a season-low 269 yards. BYU became the fourth team since 2000 to have 400-plus yards of total offense and score three or fewer points. I hate that stat. <laughs> BYU awaits the Hawaii Bowl on December 24th versus a team from the Mountain West or the American. Probably going to be Hawaii. Cougars in the NFL. BYU Sports Nation projected Pro Bowl linebacker Fred Warner led the San Francisco 49ers with eight tackles, had two big pass breakups, 
in a hard-fought 20-17 loss to the Baltimore Ravens. What a game. Oh, that's too bad. Jamal Williams Go had Seahawks. 10 carries for 41 yards and had four catches for 26 yards in a 31-13 Green Bay Packers win over the New York football Giants. Ziggy Unsound and the Seahawks play the Vikings tonight. That's for the division lead with the tiebreaker. Daniel Sorensen led the Chiefs with four tackles and a pass breakup and the Chiefs win over Ben Bagley's Raiders. Kyle Vanoy had three tackles and a sack and a Patriots loss to the Houston Texans. What's going on Basketball. with the Patriots? BYU I don't know, but I love it. BYU men's basketball dominates Montana Tech 98-63. Jake Toulson led the Cougars with 17 points. TJ Haas scored 15, had six assists. Bracketologist Joe Lenardi has the Cougars as the seventh team out in his latest rundown. They're bubbly. Oh, yeah, Yoli Childs is back now. Game number one for Yoli at Utah Wednesday at 8 Eastern. I haven't checked Bracket Matrix in like four years. I bracket kid, Matrix. I kid you not. BYU is like 20 out right now. Women's Hoops lost to Utah in overtime Friday night, 77-73. Uh, Brenna Chase Drollinger mm-hmm. almost hit a buzzer beater that would have won oh. it. Oh, my gosh. Paisley Johnson led all scores with 19. Sarah Hampson at 18. Cougars play at Arizona State Friday. Volleyball. The BYU women, your number 14 overall seed in the NCAA Volleyball Tournament. They'll host the first and second rounds in Provo this weekend. The Cougars take on New Mexico State Friday at 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific. The winner of that match will take on either Utah or Illinois in the second round on Saturday night. Soccer. Cougars end their season in Palo Alto in the Elite Eight, losing 5-1 at Stanford. BYU finishes the season 21-1-1. WCC champ, second highest scoring offense in the country, led the country in attendance as well, and in the Elite Eight for the third time in program history. Jimmer. Frodette scored 15 points in 18 minutes with four assists for Panathinaikos in a 103-69 win over Colossus. Listen to this. Fredette has missed just nine three-point shots all season. That's amazing. And only four in the last five games. He's 21 of 25 from the three-point line over the last five games. Wow. 84%. He hasn't missed a single shot in that span from inside the arc or from the free-throw line. He's shooting 92% overall in the last five games. And that's in a tougher league than in China. (laughs) This is amazing. Cougars in pro hoops. Other people not named James Taft. Brandon Davies had six points in 13 minutes for Barcelona in a 103-71 win over Tenerife. And in Israel, Elijah Bryant had 12 points, four boards, and three assists for Tel Aviv in a 93-75 win over Hunter Haifa. Who knows on the pronunciations here? I know. (laughs) Jerem, the regular season has ended in college football. Championship weekend approaches for the conferences. No independent conference championship, unfortunately. Not, not this year. A couple years ago, yes. BYU and uh, Notre Dame would be in that uh, often. That'd be fun, wouldn't it? Yeah, we talked about that during the summer. <laughs> yeah, yes, we did. Yeah. <laughs> of course we talked about it during when the summer. When we were more boys. That said, we are tracking Cougar opponents, regular season finale edition. Beginning with the Utah Utes, Jerem, who cool. move on to Great. the Pac-12 championship for a second straight year as the South Division winner. A record of 11-1. and They're ranked... Number six, they beat Colorado 45-15. How many wins against ranked teams and teams that won A-plus again? Zero! Oh, really? Go, go Boomer sooner. Uh, Tennessee finishes the regular season 7-5 after beating Vandy 28-10. The Vols have won their last five games, which brings us to a second stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU's win at Tennessee is the second since 1982 for BYU against a team in the Eastern Time Zone mm-hmm. that finished with a winning record. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
Tennessee became the second. Notre Dame 94 was the other. We talked about this during the they summer. Four Eastern time zone games. BYU got one. Blaine Fowler said the other day, he said, hey, what about Boston College in 85? I said, they ended up 4-8. and eight. Yeah. The idea is that those teams don't end up as good as you think they were. Trust me, winning is always awesome, whether that team had a winning or a losing record, but it's harder against the good teams. Yeah. Far away. BYU did some things this season that they have not done recently. Beat two rivals, had two wins against currently ranked teams, and they won a game in the Eastern time zone against a team that finished with a winning record. Did they get better than last year? Yes. Totally. Yeah. Yes. Was it quantifiably better in the overall win record, win-loss record? Not necessarily. It could be. But opportunity. your schedule is different every year, too. Yeah. Speaking of ranked teams, USC finished the season a week ago with the win over UCLA. They're up one spot in the AP Bowl to, or AP Poll, rather, to number 24. The Trojans are 8 and 4. If the Associated Press sponsored a bowl game, it would be the AP Bowl. Yes, it would. Right? <laughs> Washington wins the Apple Cup 31 13 over Washington State, finishes 7 and 5. Don't ask Mike Leach many questions in the postgame. Washington wins the Apple Cup. 31-13 over Washington State. Yes, Next. you did. Toledo ends the season 6-6 six and six and on a three-game slide after falling at Central Michigan 49-7. 49-7. Holy Toledo. And USF fired their head coach, Charlie Strong. We mentioned that earlier in the program after losing to UCF 34-7. The Bulls finished the season 4-8. and eight, Woof. Losing four straight. Yay. How did BYU lose to that team? Boise State finishes the regular season 11-1 after beating Colorado State 31-24. The only loss was to your Brigham Young University oh, Cougars. Yeah! The Broncos will host Hawaii this Saturday in the Mountain West Championship game. I thought BYU was going to be in that had they defeated San Diego State. Yeah. I was incorrect. Utah State beats New Mexico in their season finale 38-25. The Aggies are 7-5, so BYU has another win over a team that finishes with a winning record. And Liberty beats New Mexico State for the second time this year. They played twice. It's kind of weird, right? 49-28, Frankie Hickson, 196 uh, rushing yards, four touchdowns. Liberty finished 7-5 as well. How about Idaho State? The Bengals wrap up their season with a 38-10 loss to Weber State. Weber State, great, great, great. Bengals finished three and nine. Weber State's a three seed in the FCS yeah, tournament. No, they're good. And Weber State uh, lost to San Diego State six to nothing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Weber State held uh, San Diego State to fewer points. Uh, <laughs> UMass ended the season last week against BYU. They went one and eleven. That's the last oh. time we talked about UMass in the in the foreseeable future on the show. And we've talked a lot about San Diego State. They're nine and three, Jerem, but will not play for the Mountain West Conference Championship game because they lost to yeah. Hawaii. Yeah. BYU again finishes the season seven and five, six and three in nine games against bowl eligible teams. It was a tough schedule. Another tough one. You know how I feel about that. Coming up, a combined rise and shadow. And was BYU women's volleyball coach Heather Olmstead surprised when her team garnered the number 14 seed? You'll see her reaction. She's going to talk about it next. This is BYU Sports Nation. Hosting again. Love it. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Reality. The only mm-hmm. child's mm-hmm. nine-game suspension done. Let's go, baby. BYU in Utah Wednesday night. Listen to the game on BYU Radio. Pre-game starting at 7 Eastern time. You know who else is back besides us in Studio B? The head coach of BYU women's volleyball, Heather Olmstead, who is now carrying a number 14 seed with her team into the NCAA tournament. Sixth time in eight years you've had a seeding nationally. Congratulations. Thank you, guys. We appreciate it. 
Man, loved your reaction, by the way. So walk us through that. Walk us through the moment when you see BYU pop up as a national seed. Yeah, you never know each year to year when they're going to show the seeds or how they're going to release the bracket. So when we saw BYU and the 14 next to it, we were super stoked. That was the reaction you see online, just excited to see your name, hosting, have a seed next to your name. And so that, that was exciting for our team to be able to celebrate that. How uncertain were you that you might not host? Yeah, we were a bubble team for hosting, so no idea what the committee's going to do, what they're going to look at, what they're going to value. Really liked our team resume that we'd put together, what the team has done all year. And so all we could do was just sit and wait. And so I'm very proud of the girls for the season they put together and they get rewarded with a seed and and the, the chance to host this match this Friday. It's been so long to when you weren't sure whether you were in which is a different experience, right? Oh, is our season continuing or not? Um, And that's validating for the program is you're not worried about whether you're in. You're worried about what seed you get. And it's validating that you get a top six. The the longer I coach, the more I realize that 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 feeling is pretty similar, whether you know you're in, you're not. Just the excitement of where are we going to land? Who are we going to play? Where is it going to be? For me, it's all the same butterflies. It's all the same excitement. It's just a little bit different. But if you're not excited about Selection Sunday, you know, something's wrong. <laughs> it's pretty cool. I remember last year, uh, Stony Brook got BYU in the first round. And their reaction was like, ah, it was hilarious. Yeah, we're excited to be in, but oh, my goodness, yeah. it's BYU. Uh, I, I haven't seen New Mexico State's quite yet. But uh, New Mexico State is a team that uh, is, is a champ, is in the tourney, and everyone's good in the tourney, right? Absolutely. They're on a 19-match win streak. Uh, I know the coach well, Michael. Michael Jordan, good guy. Michael Jordan? He's a good guy. My He's uncle? a good coach. Their team is, is well coached. They're, they're on a win streak, and they were undefeated in their conference, uh, and they swept their opponents in the semis and the finals for the WAC tournament. So they're a very good team. Um, we're fi- finding more and more about them every day. So I like that matchup. Um, a lot of respect for him and his team, what he's done. It's going to be a great match for us. You have to respect a dude named Michael Jordan, right? Absolutely. I named my son Tate Michael Jordan just in case we want to go that route. There you go. Depends how good his jump shot is. I like to think about this if all 64 teams were seeded, kind of like the NCAA men's basketball tournament. And I know regions play into this, so it's a little bit different, but it's kind of like a BYU is a four seed versus a number 13 seed New Mexico State. So, yeah, they are, they are a good team. You, you expect a huge, a huge challenge from them. They're a conference champ, and uh, they're – well-versed in playing in the NCAA tournament. They were here, uh, I think it was, was it 12? Uh, they, I think so. We hosted them mm-hmm. in 12 here, and we played them in 14 at their place. So I think it's going to be a great matchup for our team. And then in the second round, the winner of that match gets Illinois and Utah. So potentially BYU-Utah in the second round again. The Utes were pretty good, and uh, it's pretty interesting that they are in the same bracket given that they were a top-20 team this year as well. Absolutely. I think it's four great teams coming to battle, and everyone's excited to be in the tournament, and we're excited to host. And it's going to be a great match, uh, the 4 o'clock match with Utah and Illinois, and then us with the 7 o'clock, and, and we're excited to see what happens and how it plays out. Is there any level of comfort since you've been a host at home to where, okay, we're used to this, my players are used to this? Yeah, absolutely. We, we have our... Uh, blueprint for how we're going to work and navigate this week and that's an advantage us and uh, our biggest challenge is bringing along the the freshmen and teaching them how it's done and that's exciting for our returners to be able to help out there what does it mean for your seniors in a very special senior class to have at least one more opportunity to play at home i'm so happy for them mckenna mary riley and key to to be able to to play in the Smithfield house in front of Cougar nation one more time at least and and if we're lucky enough to, to play again but I think they they know the drill and 
they're excited to be back Friday and get to play on their home court. So I, it's it's a, just a tribute to them and all their hard work. And and they did some really good things this week, some or excuse me, this year with some big time wins. And so credit to them. Remind me, is this a situation where the NCAA puts down a different floor for this? Or Not do you yet. Play on... No, we'll play on our floor. Gotcha. Yeah. Is that in the Sweet 16? Yep. Or... Okay. Yep. The, gotcha. the, the hosts for the Sweet 16 have a kind of a different floor. Right. And uh, you get to play on the Terraflex, which yeah. is the best floor there yes. is, right? <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. BYU women's volleyball coach Heather Olmstead with us on BYU Sports Nation. We talked briefly about a potential matchup in the second round with Utah. If it comes to that, how do you feel about that, renewing the rivalry in a single elimination tournament? Yeah, I think anytime you're in the tournament, you're excited to be playing whoever's next up for you. So really, we're just focused on New Mexico State and playing this Friday against a good team. And from there, we'll, we'll move forward. But really, we can't look any, any further than our, our matchup on Friday. And uh, I just think the tournament in general is an exciting time of year. Do you have to prepare for all three teams because it is such a short turnaround? You do, yeah. How do you manage that? Yeah, we have a, a schedule that we're sticking to as far as scouting each opponent and being ready. Uh, obviously, New Mexico State is our priority, and then being able to put time into the other two opponents when, when you have it and making sure you're ready to go by the time that match starts on Friday. All right, Heather Olmstead, uh, let's give you some... Uh, BYU Sports Nation karma. You've been here a lot recently. This has been good. Like I think you've got like a ton of karma going on Need right it. now. Like it. So we're, yeah, we're oh no, excited for this. Soak it in. Yes. Soak it Feels in, man. Good. Take it, run with it, and enjoy it. Thank and, you, guys. And, and for those that are interested, if and when we get the rights to show those matches, we'll let you know. Great. We're yeah. Applying. Oh, you know we'll yeah. apply. We will oh, apply. Oh, it's already happened this morning. We're just <laughs> waiting. We're the just application waiting. is in, baby. Yeah. Okay, thanks so much. Thanks, Thank you guys for having us. Okay, coming up, which team gets the rise in Cheddar? Jerem's going to gloat next as well as the going for two champ. Can't wait for that. Thought I did last week. This is BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show wherever you choose to get your podcasts. There are free apps uh, called BYU TV and BYU Radio. Uh, the show's on demand on both of them. For the final time in the regular season, Jerem, let's recap going for two. Can you predict the future? Yep. These guys think they can. We're going for two on BYU Sports Nation. Okay, this is ridiculous that I didn't get either of these picks. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Uh-huh. Number one, BYU will make at least two field goals. <laughs> it wasn't for a lack of trying. Come on. Come one on. for three. Come on. They weren't long field goals either. There were 20-somethings both times, right? Or okay. One of the three was outside that. But surely I'm going to get pick number two right, oh, which y- was yeah. first team to 17 points wins the game. Mm. Nobody scored 17 points. Boo. 13 to three. Why wasn't this there, game on flow football? There weren't 17 combined points in this game. Yay, barely. Okay, 0 for 2. Sorry, man. Uh, pick one. BYU will score 24 plus. Ha! There weren't 17 combined points. That didn't happen. Pick two. Zach Wilson will throw for 215 plus. Yeah. That was, then you say it was allowing yeah. 205. I thought Zach Wilson had a good game. Now, what I didn't anticipate that BYU would essentially play from behind for most of the game after taking a 3 nothing And lead. throw 53 passes. 53 passes. Wilson threw for 316. But that was his lowest quarterback rating of the year, by the way. Even lower than the Utah game. 101. And three turnovers, two picks, one fumble. Wolf. Hey, Jerem. Update the scoreboard. Uh, I still won. 13-7. 13-7. We still have one game to go. Mm-hmm. We are making every pick worth five. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I already won. I won. <laughs> you, don't, you don't want to make it so I could tie? No. Should we make the, no, this the last soccer, two sorry. picks in uh, the bowl game worth three? <laughs> three, three each. Three apiece. So, like, you would get two wrong, and if I got both right, then we'd end in a tie. <laughs> 
Uh, no. <laughs> By virtue of contract, you now have 30 more seconds of to go. Contract? Like. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. It's written? Mm-hmm. I don't think it's written. Okay. I'm pretty sure it's not written. All right. I'd like to uh, congratulate uh, Spencer on a, a season uh, well fought. Uh, ultimately, I came out the victor. Um, this, I th- is this my second in three years? I think it's my second. We, I don't know. I was too busy one. winning the Y factor when we still had that. Like five, <laughs> out, five out of six years. Nice. But I would like to uh, thank my wife, Whitney, my, uh, my children, uh, Ben and Tate, just for the support throughout the season. Uh, <laughs> I'd like to thank God for everything. Um, I'd like to thank... Uh, you know, Lavelle, Kalani, Gary Croton, Bronco, all the coaches. Um, just really appreciate the support and uh, brought home another win. <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> me thanking the people in my life that matter. Bronco breaking that rock for oh, me. Oh, my on, goodness. Uh, on Friday. Our question of the day. What is your reaction to BYU losing at San Diego State on Saturday? Probably similar to my reaction listening to Jerem just gloat. Uh, at just Mc- mad you lost. At McKay Hatch on <laughs> Facebook. The Aztecs' defense is legit. They're pretty good. BYU's offense didn't put it a full game. Put in a full game. Mm-hmm. Put in a full game. Put in put a in. full game probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, BYU didn't score when they got in the red zone. The result is San Diego State playing defense better than BYU's defense. So, yeah, yeah, that's tough. At Southern Boy Forty on Twitter, like aliens, body snatched the team and brought back the one that played USF. It was a sucker punch. <laughs> yeah, that was tough. Our elite voice of the day, presented by Sundance Mountain Resort at Shay Lawrence on Twitter. Day two of the Light the World, and now I understand why BYU gave San Diego State the win on Saturday and earlier to Toledo and South Florida, giving service to our fellow humans in need of a win. <laughs> <laughs> There's those, uh, yeah, the Light the World fans, like, you can purchase different yeah, things. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh-huh. I'm aware. Yeah. Oh, BYU gave wins away. Mm. It hurts. Today's rise and shout-out is a combined effort, Jerem. Women's it soccer, what a season. Disappointing finish, but what a season. We're going to remember it for the third Elite Eight, 21-1-1 record, second in goals this season in the country, first in attendance, WCC champs. This was an awesome season for women's soccer. Congrats on an amazing year. Yes, the fall sports in general have oh, just man. been off the Woo! charts amazing. And it's yeah. still going, baby. It's fun to call women's soccer. Both of us did it. Yeah. Thanks for the great show. Our Sorry thanks to, to today's guests, Trevor Maddich and Heather Olmstead. Sorry to Dennis Pitt, I ran out of time, bro. <laughs> For Jerem, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Jen Hampson. We'll see you on BYU Sports Station tomorrow. Go Cougs. What's Funny Buddy doing there?